All righty. So, uh, dang it, I can't remember the episode numbers. I immediately forgot. Outlost, Outlost are 10 through 12. 10 through 12. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you think about these? So, I think... I think that when I heard Space Race, <laughs> my brain immediately went to Red Line. And while I knew... What? Really? That I wouldn't... Yes. I wouldn't have thought any of that. I, when I hear Space Race, I think of the one that happened in real life. Where it's like, <laughs> oh, we got to get to that planet. I'm like, I bet they've already done that. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the Space Race now? We already got the technology. I definitely just thought uh, a red line, and I knew, I knew it wasn't going to be nearly as exciting oh my God. and, you know, blood pumping. That, that's so unfortunate, because if you aren't comparing it to that, I thought it was really cool. You know what? I, I would say yeah, the it, best part of was, Solo, the, the that terrible Star Wars movie, was the part where it's like, using like the crazy space weather basically to overcharge the ship like oh yeah that was the coolest part yeah like that was great that like they were great episodes but because i was consciously trying to not have the expectations of red line oh, no <laughs> it put rats in your brain and the rats wanted it red let line. Them loose <laughs> they chewed through all my cereal boxes <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, that's ter but, that's terrible but, way to start this off. But it it was it was fun. Like I do love the um oh gosh, it reminds me of um the Need for Speed movie where it's like Dude. this cross country like a cannonball <clears throat> run. Listen, how have we not talked about the Need for Speed movie? That's like the most underrated I, movie ever made. And I, I almost yeah. I almost can't even understate that. And of course, I need I need to watch it again. It's been so long since I've seen it. It's okay. Well, I mean, obviously, it's not. <laughs> it, here's the thing: it is very special. There's something very special about it, and it's almost like that has nothing to do with the fact that this is named after and na named after a video game by EA. Like nothing <laughs> about what makes it special is that. It's that for some reason the director they got. Like, the guy who just, he got the job, and apparently he had some reason to believe he had a lot of job security. His his goal after getting the job was, all right, um, I'm going to use as many practical effects as I freaking can. Like, it's a movie that... He wrecked, like, three coinus eggs, right? Yeah. He was destroying extremely expensive cars and using as little CGI as possible... I'm pretty sure it was done on film. Like the movie looks beautiful. And it's it's because like the I don't know, like there's there's so many shots where you just have all of the cars like driving multiple cars mm -hmm. on like a, a a single tight road and it's like you know, Lamborghinis and McLarens and stuff like that. It's like, you know, the the, the best you could get. <clears throat> yeah. And it's all a bunch of like talented, accomplished stuntmen driving them. So they're just getting driven really well. And it's just fun to watch. It was like, I, I almost don't even like the story being about he has to beat this guy in a race because this guy killed his brother. Like, I totally forgot that part of the story. Yeah, it's, it's like, that's what is that? What is that from? 
That's another. That's like another story entirely. That was already really good. Oh, I can't. Is it Speed Racer? Dang it. Okay. Well, it's 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 mm. already like a, a popular race movie or or race. It's it's already like the most basic thing ever. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it's like Aaron Paul is playing the lead, so he's doing a really good job. <laughs> like, really good actor <laughs> is in this movie that looks really nice. Is bless it short. It's a short movie, and it's like. I want to say it's like it's like 85 minutes long mm-hmm. like it's a very short movie and then like all of the stunts were there was no situation where it was like oh we could just do that with CGI that they did it with CGI it was we can only do that with CGI was when they did the CGI but then you mm-hmm. you do get like the the consequential carnage of like seeing a coining seg just get totaled. And it's like, that's at least $2 million down the drain. <laughs> and it's like, Ugh. at least we got that on camera. Right. You could just like, you could feel it. Whereas like, it's, it's crazy how late it came out because you watch movies around the time and you watch any movie now. And it's like, nothing looks real. It's all like <clears throat> CGI has mm-hmm. become so, uh, what's the commonplace? Word? Commonplace, yeah, so commonplace that it's like people are like, I mean, it's like shampoo. What are you gonna do? You gonna buy the expensive shampoo? You can just buy Suave. It'll get your hair clean. Right. That's right, what CGI yeah. and, and is. So now. it's like it's like it's not gonna be crazy good. It's just gonna be serviceable. Yeah, dude. Uh, Avatar has aged incredibly well mm-hmm. because you look at Avatar and it was like. They was buying the expensive shampoo. (laughs) They were getting the best they could get. That's the stuff you have to order online. You have to pay a subscription service. You have to like to to stop paying for that shampoo. You got to get out of a contract, homeboy. Like almost 99% of every movie that comes out now is using tons of CGI and all of it is the bottom of the barrel. Like it's. It's just enough to get by. Like, these people are clocking in, doing their little computer stuff, and then they're clocking out. There's no passion. Man, do you remember the CGI in The Hobbit? <laughs> Goodness gracious, I'm afraid I do. <laughs> yeah, I remember how... Uh, well, th- th- HFR didn't do that movie any favors either. Which... You, oh, it's <clears throat> awful. You want to talk about things that I was like... I was so worried that I was going to catch on. I was so worried. Oh, I know. I remember <laughs> when they had like the, what was it? What, they didn't do 60 frames. It was 45 it frames. Was, no, it was 48. It was exactly 48. It was exactly double what is traditional, which is 24 frames. For anyone who doesn't know, movies, uh, most of like dramatic TV, anything that's not a soap opera is going to be filmed in 24 frames per second. That's That's the film look. That's why soap operas look weird, and that's why new TVs have to have a bunch of settings changed because they're garbage. Yeah, uh, what you want to talk about a gaslight? I don't know. I, I think it's some about Samsung. Like, man, Koreans—they want everything to look like K dramas. Like, they want everything <laughs> you watch to look like a soap opera. They got that. What is it like? True Motion or something? Where it starts yeah, frame and it interpolating the videos, dude. Yeah. Lord, I was at. <laughs> I was I'm not going to I'm not going to put this person on blast. I was at someone's house. 
their their kid was watching this show that's like it's something is it some cartoon on Netflix that mm-hmm. looked really cheap you know the cheapest flash animation you could fathom but it's like mm-hmm. which that's a whole other thing but <laughs> the TV had all that crap on and it was frame interpolating to the point where like arms were wiggling in directions that they clearly weren't in the actual anim- animation like there's this there was one part where like this dog is like running and the way it's mm-hmm. arm I say the dog is running is th- this thing's two legged all right so just so you know it's not doing the four legged run two legged run it's got its arms up moving you know like you would <laughs> run and it just starts it starts phasing in and out of being in a goop state because of the interpolation because you know animation has even fewer frames than film i think animation is right it's is tw- usually on 12s you usually on 12 and i think that's like the disney standard like that's that's mostly mm-hmm. like disney makes things 12 frames per second and it kind of made it a standard for everyone else like don bluth mm-hmm. his stuff is 12 which is super smooth if you're a really good animator but then there's other stuff where it's like we can get by with eight <laughs> yeah a lot the of anime is actually usually eight <clears throat> yeah that's why uh, a lot of people when they're first getting exposed to anime are like this is really choppy and I'm like no just keep watching it <laughs> trust me it's cool uh but yeah oh god Maddie, I, I, don't, Maddie, I don't want to see an anime first... with this i've never seen it we... but i don't want to interpolating oh, it up awful. to like 48 frames from eight good lord yeah when maddie and i um when Maddie and I first like got our new TV, it was driving me nuts that I couldn't <laughs> figure out where the settings were to turn it off. And it's she, always somewhere she didn't else. know she didn't know what was going on. Like she was like, I don't I don't get it. And I, as I explained it to her, she started I I, I pulled her out of the cave. <laughs> like I pulled her out of Plato's cave. And then when we go over to other people's houses, she'll look at their TV and then she'll just go over to me, fix it. Fix it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I mean, it's their TV. I'll have to ask them. <laughs> Here's the thing, and this is this is a great argument that you can attach to a lot of things. It's like, trust me, they won't notice. <laughs> It'll be good for them, and they won't know the difference. They can't. Do the fact that it isn't bothering them tells me that they won't know the difference. This is this is the last thing that we should probably talk about the animes. What anime? But, um, <laughs> But do you remember when we were at my house, uh, back where where we used to live? Like I'm avoiding so doxing on- here, or so, whatever. So the only one I've ever been to. <laughs> or I'm sorry, no right. wait, the second one that I had been to. Well, the first no, one no, wasn't no, sorry, really your sorry. house. House. I mean, like when we were when we were living in the same town. Oh, um, okay. My parents' house. Oh, when, back in the day. We were, Back in the day when we were watching Netflix. That was way back Netflix. in the day, dude. You ever notice that? Not to go on another tangent, but woo! <laughs> the we ancients. were watching Netflix and the quality dropped and both you and I went, ugh, quality drop. And then like <laughs> my parents and like one of our family friends was over and they were like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't see it. And I'm like, here's the thing. <clears throat> I know it's going to take at least five minutes of anguish and gnashing of teeth for me to figure out where all these settings are at. But you're not going to be able to tell the difference. And it will it will mean I no longer have to live in this hell. 
which is watching this TV try to, on the fly, use some kind of AI-linked neural engine to add extra frames to the thing we're watching. Which, why, why do you even want to do that? Are you asking yourself? You know what I think it is? I hmm. bet... <clears throat> I bet... It's uh, it's an attract mode thing. So when I say attract mode, that's only in the context of arcades. I'm sure it's called something different for TVs. But when you go into the Walmart or the Best Buy, and you've got all the TVs displaying things, mm-hmm. they're displaying like things that are slow they, panning. Yeah, listen, they've all got the frame interpolation on. Mm-hmm. And do you know what footage they're showing? They're showing high speed camera footage of nature. So they're already right. playing something at a high frame rate. So that mm-hmm. that true motion, whatever it is, it's it's adding maybe one extra frame per second. Like it's it's adding very little. It, it's really it's almost like a um a motion tracker. It's almost accomplishing mm-hmm. that where it's like it's just trying to make it look as smooth. You know, the slow panning, the kind of the 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 nice steady zoom of like you know. The, this tiger's eyeball, that stuff. Yep. That's probably. And then you'll see. <laughs> then you'll see one bird fly across, and you'll see one little artifact, and it's like, yeah. oh, I found you. Yeah, it's like ah, in the garbage. Turn it off. <laughs> but but I'm saying that's probably where the TV manufacturers are convinced they're getting returns, where it's like, oh, this is working. That must be the. The way they're reading it, it's like it's a correlation, but it's not a causation where it's like, oh, we started putting this in the TVs and more people started buying our TVs. I bet it's like that has got to be its best case scenario. And even that, I would argue they are not noticing. The customers are not noticing. It's almost like it's because of the footage you picked that that super high speed, like 8K resolution shot of the Grand Canyon that did all the work. Mm -hmm. It was not the frame interpolation. Anyway, let's talk about Outlaw Star. <laughs> so yeah, Cannonball Run. I I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed, especially um, when they stopped to get food. Oh yeah, like just just the fact that there was a mandatory I, I, uh, layover period. It's like you have to wait yeah, this many hours. Yeah, I, I I really enjoy that, and like the fact that it wasn't based on like who's crossing the finish line first. It's like they're within a certain amount of time, you know, they're, they're trying to, they're all being timed, not necessarily their, their physical placing. Did you just find know. that it fascinating? Very, uh, yeah. I found, I found it very grounded in, uh, I found it very grounded. And, you know, we've talked about this show being very wacky and crazy and oh, yeah. weird, <laughs> but like this is a really interesting grounding of the world, whereas like yeah, there's still rules and limits to what physics and event organization. <laughs> I almost like that. That is the thing that makes this different from Redline because Redline would then see that and reject it, whereas like right. no, you have to physically cross the finish line. You're all going to be crammed in, and it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen. But. Uh, Man. This oh this man, particular... I'm just thinking of the scene where they're just like breathing yeah. after the <laughs> yeah, just recovering from that final stretch. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in the, like this race, not as serious as the red line, Mm-mm. which I like oh, how no. in like the collective conscious of sci-fi space races, 
there's levels of how seriously we're taking this. And it's like right. red line is completely over the top, even in that selective uh, uh, context. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, it's not fair to Outlaw Star to keep talking about red line. Um, <laughs> it did. I, it I do did like, remind me though. Okay, go ahead. It remind it reminded me of Space Dandy, specifically of boobies. Oh, the restaurant. The restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> that was what a. I forgot all about. It's <laughs> such a like. Post 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 modernist interpretation of a Hooters, where it's like, yeah, in the space age, this guy's gonna be walking around with this massive pompadour, going to a restaurant chain called Booby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is such a fun show. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think the, um, the 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 mandatory, like the, this, you have to wait this many hours and get these kinds of repairs. That was a cool way of making it feel more real because you're like, oh, yeah, this is sponsored by a bunch of like mm-hmm. legit companies. So like they want to have uh, as few collisions and as, as as little unnecessary loss of money as possible. And, you know, make mm-hmm. it to where they're a bit protected, where it's like the racer literally has to have repairs made. So right. like if you get some kind of loose cannon in there, you're going to be able to keep the reins a little tighter on him. That was a nice way of doing that, and I like how they don't do what we just did, where we explain why that's cool. Like, it just, it's just in there. Like, there's good amount of show, very little tell. I, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, there's something about that moment where they're like, we have to go, we have to go in for repairs for this long, and uh, Gilliam's like, all systems are green, and they're like, all right, then we're going to go get repairs. <laughs> right, let's get some food. Yeah, it's like, ooh, ooh I like this feeling. It's a fun little adventure. <clears throat> I also liked how uh, you get that little vignette of uh, Aisha is a waitress. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that scene, she's just in the sky with her ship, like entering the race. And it's like, yeah. yes, th- the pacing. Like they're just they know that, y- that not only can you connect the dots, but you you don't even need to. It's like the dots are already connected. You already know yeah. she she's finagled her way into convincing these guys that they have to be in this race. And it was between where she just got embarrassed at the restaurant and now, and she wants revenge. I also like how the crew continues to like be hesitant to take her seriously anymore because she's not, she doesn't have the rank that she did before. Right. And then, and then, we never see them again after they just leave her stranded. <laughs> it was it was a plan for like an ambush, but you can tell that they were like, let's freaking go home. <laughs> I don't want to listen to her anymore. Oh, man. Also, look at the difference in, in the crew members she had compared to before, where she had this massive like dreadnought staffed full of like totally ripped like elite sailors and now she's got like these two fat guys like the the only ones they could spare for her like this far away from the empire oh man also all of that is just intuitive like of course she's at the edge of the kataro kataro empire because Mm -hmm. otherwise she wouldn't even have to be a waitress if she was like an officer 
Right, right. She would be close enough to her people that she would be taken care of in at least some capacity. Yeah, and then you look at the size of the ship she did have before, and it's like, this is an intimidating empire. Space is a big place. Mm-hmm. The fact that you could have these kind of resources and this kind of ship design, but then, you know, you have an edge of your empire where it doesn't really matter and no one really takes you seriously. You're right. basically, uh, you, you become the new best comic relief in the show. Which she does officially in these three episodes. She's like basically yeah, one yeah. one of the crew members now. She finally fills, like I literally pointed out in uh, one of the previous episodes, the empty seat in the uh, in the ship. Uh huh. I, I also like the uh, <laughs> I like the progression of almost their her her and Jean's dynamic, mm-hmm. and it happens really fluidly, where it, it goes from she's like trying to ambush them to where they're kind of bickering to, I need to throw you out of the ship. <laughs> like, this is a special job only for you. Right. Also, there, um, I do, I do have to say there was uh, the, there were a couple flashbacks um, in, I think it was episode 11. You talking about like specifically with the McDougal brothers or what? No, it, well, it was, um, it was like when they were. Well, it was when they were heading to fight. Okay, so it was episode twelve. It was when they were heading to fight the um, the McDougal brothers, Harry McDougal. and it kept. Yeah, huh? Uh, they they were going to fight Harry McDougal, and then it was also the older brother was there too. Anyway, right. no, just go ahead. Yes. Um, but uh, it kept flashing back. Like, while they were in the, the cockpit of the ship, it would flash back to, like, some conversation that happened before um, that we hadn't seen yet. And then it would flash back forward. I don't know. It was, it was just a little jarring. It was like, a little choppy. Uh, yeah, when it flashed back and they were talking to that dude on the, like, inside bridge where he was ta- asking them about the ship and he was clearly a little off his rocker. Oh, Oh yeah, that was strange. Uh, I think, <clears throat> yeah, that was that was clunky. And that was here's the thing. This is this shouldn't be a spoiler. There was a reason to have that scene there, or I'm sorry, not have the scene there. There was a reason the scene exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah, and I what but, I th- I just think you know we've said this about a number of different shows. I just wish they would have just shown it in order. Yeah, the, <clears throat> they. Even if they didn't necessarily do it in order, they could have stuck that at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then after the intro, just played the rest of it. Just just straight yep. on. Yeah, okay. That was a weird place to put that. And it, I, I almost wonder if, was that the goal? Because it is supposed to seem a bit off, but it unfortunately also kind of makes the guy seem a little funny. Like he... <laughs> This is a kind of a, a silly, crazy guy. Right. Where it's like, like not to be taken seriously. Exactly. Especially the part where it's like, you know, he's standing over there at the end of this this bridge where it's like you don't want to fall off of. There's there's a bit of a perilous atmosphere to it. And they're being confronted by this man. But then when they all just kind of nonchalantly walk past him mm-hmm. while dismissing him, it was like, uh, OK, he's a bit silly. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to come up with reasons as to why, of all places, they would be cutting into it right there. 
Um. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just a little <clears throat> strange. I do know why they did it, and it was because uh, Harry McDougal was noticing the ship. Uh, so I see. Okay, now I'm not sure if that, I'm, that dude, I'm getting into that dude well. in one of the earlier episodes. I think in episode ten, like he <laughs> recognized the ship, mm-hmm. like when yeah. they were flying in f- to start the race. Right, and, and you don't hundred percent know who he is yet. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the moment where he he notices it, and then they start doing those flashbacks. Now, okay, yeah, it would have been better to play it to put it at the start, definitely, but. The the reason they do that is because that's when Harry notices the ship. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this guy also is wondering what's going on with him having the Outlaw Star, which I can't remember what they call it. It was like the XGB A2 or something. XGB XBG, something like that. I thought it was funny when they when they said the name, which I I couldn't I couldn't tell you with 100% confidence. But when they said the actual code name, I was like, it's funny how you can like intuit a lot just from a code name. Like the order of the the letters and the numbers and then like A2 makes you think, okay, this is like a either a second revision or a a like third version second revision. Mm-hmm. Or it's like the first one would be the XGB. And I think he right. says like it's the XEG, XGB 5A2. So it's like XGB 5 is the first part of the name. And then A2 is like the revision marker. And I like how they're, they're saying it's the prototype. But it's like this has gone through a few, a few tries at this point. Yeah, a few, a, a few a good <laughs> fair many uh, revisions. Which makes you think, is there an A1 out there somewhere? Hmm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say whether or not there is. I'm just. I was just. I was explaining. I liked how you yeah, s- yeah, you yeah. see that name and you can actually intuit a lot from it. It's not just a jumble of letters. If it was just a jumble of letters, it would be obvious. <clears throat> yeah, and it also kind of reminds me of like. Um, I mean, you 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 have told me that you haven't read or watched Harry Potter, but it's like the mm, the Nimbus Two Thousand, which is like the newest, fastest broom. <clears throat> also. Uh, putting 2000 at the end of things around that time was very popular. Yeah, like the Honda S2000. Oh my gosh, one of the best cars ever made, you mean? <clears throat> yeah. Dude, speaking of... Let's not speaking of cars. That's t- such a tangent. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, the, but there was a lot of stuff being named 2000 because it was like the 90s and the early 2000s where it was like, I don't know, it's just on our mind. It's like the new millennium. Right. This this is going to be so much so much to look forward to. <clears throat> so much progress. Yeah, what is progress? Anyway. Um, <laughs> what big old tangent. Uh what were we freaking talking about? We were just Yeah, we're just weird. I was just talking about the uh the flashbacks. But Yeah, they really um, need to stop that. I mean, of course, the show's already been made for a while now, but it, that that's such a thing where I'm like, I, I can see why you're doing it, but it's why is it being done so poorly? And why does like why does everything do flashbacks wrong? Mm-hmm. It feels like almost everything. Just it's like you should just abstain, like just just try not to do them. 
It's just, I mean, like when I meet somebody in real life, I don't get a flashback. They might tell me some of their story, but yeah, but also they won't tell you some of their story until you're like pretty close. close. Yeah, I mean, unless they're kind of a weirdo, like this fella that they met on this bridge, asking them about this ship. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's what it is. It's supposed to kind of feel out of place. Maybe it's supposed to like stick out to you as, ooh, this will be important later. But then I would say the better way to do that is put it at the start of the episode because yep. that, that almost makes people think about it more in my opinion, where it's like, that was weird back to yeah, the story. Because then it's like, it's like, Oh, why, why did you focus on this? <clears throat> Maybe not even that, but just like the, the thing that it, you know, after the, the dramatic to be continued of the episode immediately previous before mm-hmm. you even get to that part, it shows you this part and it's like, what is this about? And then you go to the exciting adventure that you're already on. But in the back of your mind, you may not have noticed it, but your brain did. Or it's like, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be knocking around in there thinking about it. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. The The best reason I can come up with it just. Was not it wasn't the best way to do that. Yeah. Like I said, I don't want to spoil it, but uh yeah, uh, these three episodes, I remember taking much longer, which is interesting. That almost tells me I, I put more value on these episodes than I did a lot of the ones right before we got here. Because I remember, uh, like, let's say the first nine episodes taking maybe mm-hmm. three episodes. And then I remembered the race and the fight with Harry taking like six episodes. Man, like this yeah. was when I really started paying attention because now it's like, yeah, you've got the exciting, wacky adventure, but now it's got like context and there's like. there. OK, so there's a, a real antagonist that has a connection to the protagonist. Yeah. And whereas, it's starting to it's starting to bring it into focus. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas the pirates from before, it was like, oh, these are just bad guys of this world. You know, they give right. everyone trouble. Which, I I love that atmosphere of just, like, this world's just full of trouble. It's like, that's just fun. I like that. And and Outlaw Star uh, does a good job of, like, keeping that atmosphere, like, light and punchy. Right. But, yeah. but now, when you introduce, like, is this the guy from my tragic past? Or is this one of the guys, I guess? Which yeah, I, but, like... This tragic past that has now uh, accrued a second tragedy in my life. Yes, and, and also, uh, this guy would have been. What did he say? He would. He would have been like four when it happened. Mm-hmm. So it's like this guy who was there when my father died was younger than I was. He probably probably wasn't involved. Oh no, he said twelve. He said 12. 12, 12, Okay. Oh, he might have been. He might be the same age then. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> that was a um, a marked. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's not even necessarily higher stakes, is it? I mean, I guess it is. Gene wants closure. Yeah, it's just more personal. It's it's more uh, it's more connect- connected, and because we're connecting with the main character, now we are more interested. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's a situation where it was like the townmasters were a bigger threat. Or if mm-hmm. Gene is now a bigger threat. But as much as I, I like the scene and then like discovering there's a second ship 
I don't know. That kind of stuff I love. Like, I love anything that makes me think of, like, pirate ship battles. Because I got yeah, well yeah. obsessed with that around, like, 10 to 12 years old. Like, I started consuming a lot of, like, history about war stories from, like, old Royal Navy things. Mm-hmm. And, like, where all those legends about stuff like, you know, like, like ships... Okay, like the Flying Dutchman or the Black Pearl from Pirates of the Caribbean. It was like, it gives right. you an idea of, of how that stuff started getting into people's head. Where it was like, you're haunted by this boat, basically. Because it's more than just a boat. Like the Queen Anne's Revenge. That's more than mm-hmm. just a boat. There's something else I, going on there. I remember being so blown away by uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. It's freaking magical. I was talking about this uh, with a couple of my friends where it was like, man, why, why is the first one so much better than the rest? Because the rest have all the set pieces you think of. Like like mm-hmm. the Kraken eating Jack. I mean, just the Kraken in general isn't in the first one. But like, Yeah, and also, I mean, freaking Davy Jones himself. Yeah, like that, that big battle in the whirlpool, which is just mm-hmm. like good grief. What the man walking down the stairs, it's it's getting obliterated behind him. Yeah, all of like the gifts. There's a lot of gifts that come from the sequels. Mm-hmm. But uh the first one, and I, I think I've I think I've got something here. I think it's because Will was the protagonist. Because Jack is the protagonist, he's so weird. Like he's <laughs> yeah. he's so eccentric that it's almost it's kinda hard to take the story seriously. I don't think at any point do you think Jack Sparrow is in peril because it's almost the joke is that he'll find a way out of it somehow, just kind of stumbling through. He'll drunkenly stumble. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I I think that might be it. It's like, even though he's the protagonist of the sequels, which eh, you can also tell was done for pandering. It's like, oh, Mm. this is the one people thought was was likable. It's like, yeah, but... We liked Will being where he was, like, as the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And then Will kind of turning into Davy Jones 2 at the end of the third one. Kind of feels like he got robbed. Yeah, it rubs me the wrong way, and I, I always dislike the ending of the third movie. Yeah, there's something about, like, Jack using Will to stab the heart that feels like... I don't know if Will knew what he was getting into. Yeah, I feel like it would have been better if if uh, if Jack was the. Yeah, that almost would have made Jones. more sense if Jack's going to be the protagonist. It's like, OK, Jack self-sacrifices. I I don't know. Kind of the point of the third one was saving Jack to begin with. So that it's such a mess. The first one was so much better because you had Will was like the the, the kind of the the fresh, bright eyed naive character but by the Mm -hmm. second one no one's really naive like even elizabeth isn't naive about anything at that point it's like she's already swashbuckling right along with them so it's like yeah and by the third movie everybody's swashbuckling yeah and it's like by the third movie you've got elizabeth will jack and barbosa more or less on the same level which Mm -hmm. is that's odd that dynamic is no longer as dynamic when they're all basically interchangeably competent and like piratey people. 
Anyway, freaking total off the wall <laughs> tangent. Um, I yeah, I just I like that set piece of them in the asteroid field and unable to figure out how he's moving so fast. And even Gilliam is like confused. He's like, yeah, I've I mean, got the best navigation yeah. system ever made. How is he completely outmaneuvering me? Yeah, I, it was a really fun scene. And like when I I did think like when I saw the rockets coming from different directions, I was like, there's got to be more than one of them. Like there, there's got to be like identical ships. I was thinking like three. Well, what was OK? Well, I, I didn't at the time. At the time, I was I was actually convinced because think about the, the they somewhat set that up. So they they set it up that you should believe that it's this fast because mm-hmm. what's the ship called? The El Dorado. Yeah, it's like there's only one El Dorado, and and it's also like a ship that he saw in the past. So mm-hmm. it's it's this ironic thing, maybe not ironic. Is it's this thing where like the thing you vaguely remember from the past, like of course technology isn't going to outdo that in the future. Like even though you've got this bleeding edge prototype new ship that everyone is like either bewildered or terrified by, it was like everybody still wants a '60s muscle car. Exactly. <laughs> there, it's El Dorado is like. Outlaw Star is the lightsaber, but El Dorado was Excalibur. Is is the the kind of the thing that it conveyed to me. And then when he gets into the fight and it has four arms, mm-hmm. it's like that. There's I don't know. There's something something about that made it to where like I was willing to accept that the El Dorado could do anything because of the name, the design, the fact that it's like gold and it's really mm-hmm. streamlined yet it's old. I don't know something about that. Uh, I I was also so another thing that like made me think that there were more than one was just when he would like when he went up to the the McDougal dude er, and was like trying to say like, hey, are you McDougal, blah, blah, blah. And yes, it did have the the reveal that, yes, he is a McDougal and he was just playing dumb. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still like especially when I saw the rockets coming from different directions, I was like, I wonder if there are more Eldorados because there are more than one McDougal. Oh, okay. No, that also makes sense. And they also kind of lay, they, they kind of sow those seeds too. I mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I would, I would almost give it credit for that. Cause it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very subtly laying groundwork for multiple different outcomes. And it's mm-hmm. kind of earning both. All right, I dig that. Uh, yeah. So it er, it earns it earns the confusion of the main characters, and it earns the payoff of you finding out that it's two. Finding out that it was two it was was a lot of a lot of payoff for me, in my opinion, just because I think that's what immediately made it remind like had me reminded of like those old like Navy battle stories Mm -hmm. where it's like, dude, like if you look up the early encounters with submarines, Mm -hmm. that stuff, that stuff will send chills down your spine. Cause it's like, you just put yourself in the context of like the, the, the sailors that were having to figure out where these torpedoes coming from. 
and before then, they uh they bite it. <laughs> right. Well, and then like think about going into the first submarine and how sore to secrecy you would be. Like just learning, like being trained on how to be a submariner. Like <laughs> you can't tell anyone about this and it almost feels like you're 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 like breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. And then like you're you're hidden there silent in the deep just like launching fatal blows one after another at your enemy. I don't know. And then it's hot and stuffy. Yeah, but it, but it's like god oh, man, you feel like you're you're at the edge. You're at the very edge of reality. Like you're you're Who's at the it? edge of technology, you're at the edge of like uh I guess chivalry in battle. Like how fair is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there, there was a picture that I saw that um, was like the the cockpit, like, quote unquote. I don't know what it's called for a submarine, uh, but like from one of the first submarine, like I think it was from a, a German U-boat. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's what they call them. But it was freaking uh, like just a bunch of valves, <laughs> like just a bunch of a bunch of little circle valves that you would just twist. And I mean, like it was like it looked like a hundred of them just crammed into a corner of a room. And I was like, that's, that looks miserable. <laughs> it also looks very German. <laughs> yes. Like, like very much to serve the one purpose. Yeah. If you, if you imagine like what a kill gas U boat would look like, there you go. Dude. Uh, I, I remember hell gas. I, I said, kill gas uh, that, that works pretty well too. <laughs> Killgast, Hellgast. I mean, anyway, uh, I, I I once saw this video that was like different rations from different countries. Mm-hmm. The German one was hysterical. <laughs> like similar packaging to the other rations, but he mm-hmm. opens it up, <laughs> and it's a solid white block of like compressed nutrition. It's lambda's bread. <laughs> More or less, but without the mystery. It's like mass. It, it, it's like military produced lemnus bread. Like it's just it was a sugar block, basically. It's like this is for livestock. <laughs> Which is funny because you then I think one of the previous ones he did was an Estonian uh, military ration, which mm-hmm. was just nice food, just genuinely nice food. <laughs> like it was just a nice dinner like it had wine it had different courses it was like oh, all the basic now food group hungry i was already hungry but yeah anyway that's hilarious how what got us on submarines oh yeah no uh, i mean just yeah. basically the fact that these are submarines right <laughs> in space with arms so nothing like submarines. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not at all. Uh, do we do we want to get into some knit and or grit? Yeah, yeah. Let's do knit and, and grit. So what what was going on with Harry trying to hack the ship and uh, almost connecting with Melfina? Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I I, I mean. Obviously, for plot purposes, I'm assuming that they're just wanting to know more about this ship at the same time yeah. of wanting to destroy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's trying to get he's trying to get the deets, the intel, trying to find the weakness. 
But he happens but, upon something that, like, you would think would give him a bit of a shock. And then he starts laughing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is like, maybe this is just, that's how this guy reacts to this kind of thing. But, I mean, mm, I'm trying to think of where to where to go with this. Because there's a lot that I could go on. There, There's a lot in that moment. Mm-hmm. Where it, it, it almost kind of redirects your attention to the fact that the ship's navigation system is a woman in a tube. And also, is she a woman? What exactly is she? Yeah. Like, we don't even know. Like, she's... I, I, I like that scene where she asks Gilliam to try to find information about, like, where she came from or whatever. Mm-hmm. And nothing turns up. And... I, I like I like the the idea that she has where she's like, what's the biggest collection of knowledge on this planet or something? She says something like that. And he mm-hmm. says, like, I, I believe that would be I don't remember the name, but it was like some university. So it was like the biggest university on the uh, on the planet. So he goes and searches their database and doesn't find it. And it's like. Oh, that's exactly where you're not going to find it. Right. The place that is supposedly the collection of, of as much knowledge as possible, that's where you're going to find the stuff that you could find out. Like, you're not going to find it in the library. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I also I also really like the, the idea that... Uh, I mean, I was just kind of mulling this over, but, like, this is the first, like... Uh, like it was almost like the the dude that was investigating the ship, or uh, I guess hacking into the ship. Um, like he caught her in an intimate moment, right? Like that too, and or or rather, um, rather he caught her in a compromise. In a vulnerable, yeah, 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 vulnerable, compromised. Like it is, it is dangerous to her mm-hmm. that he has somehow gotten in there. Which is like, it's like, how did he get in there? Like, it was almost like he was having an out-of-body experience. He was expecting to, you know, find probably some ones and zeros, some files or something. And then he finds a woman. How do you hack a woman? (laughs) Well, I think Harry had some ideas. Thank goodness he didn't get the chance. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, I I I just thought of red versus blue. What? What? I don't remember which part. Would you like a bigger penis? <laughs> <laughs> Where would you like one? I can suggest a few places. <laughs> oh man, you want to talk about? Oof. I I think I think that show at some point got itself into a flow state. That it will never return to. <laughs> Absolutely not. <sighs> there, there was a point where every joke was the new gold standard. <laughs> what a tragic state it's in. Do you, uh, was it you who we looked into that after the fact? We like started watching trailers on the show. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about it. We looked at it, we were like, what even is this? Yes, Red versus Blue Zero. It was basically a soap opera. It was extremely dramatic. And the jokes 
where exi- the jokes are like modern SpongeBob, where it's just gross out, or someone's an idiot, and it's like, okay, you could have idiots when it's this ragtag, underfunded, under, like, undersupplied group at the edge of space, but when mm-hmm. they're telling you that it supposedly this is like the elite, most important people in the universe. <sighs> yeah, I don't buy it. These people are not writers. They're they're staff. But anyway. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the the whole thing about like Harry hacking a woman and then like Gene shooting that little uh hacker thing off of him. Mhm. Is like connected to his neck. And I what is funny is like I'm I'm having to force myself to question these things cuz it almost just makes sense intuitively. Like the hacker thing, it's not him using his eyes. Like he's he's interfacing through his spine, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a brain connection. So he's using his brain to hack things. And then it's like, okay, now hold on. If your brain is hacking things, the machines before this moment have gone to a point where they're they're not necessarily a hundred percent inorganic whatever that means even in in sci-fi but like the fact that he could use his brain to hack something to begin with is already mm-hmm. like okay we're we're in pretty pretty exceptional strange territory but then he's <laughs> yeah. he's shocked to find an entire other consciousness in there that's the part that's shocking yeah but uh his shock is maniacal laughter which i would say i mean that's a way to to respond to shock I'm going to try that the next time that I'm shocked. I wouldn't say that I haven't done it before. I mean, we've all had a little maniacal laughter here and there. There's definitely been points where I've had had a long day. And like, you know, something spills on you. The last thing goes wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you just start hysterically laughing. You know, scaring all the people in the car with you. Right. Especially when you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. When you're laughing maniacally in the driver's seat. <laughs> the passengers are not happy. <laughs> and it's like, we're coming up on a red light, coming up on a red light. <laughs> <laughs> it's red, it's red. But yeah, uh, I, I, I think there's uh, there, there's an argument to be made that maybe Harry was having a bit of a rough day that day. I mean, he just, <laughs> he more or less just lost the race. Uh, he He was... Definitely shaken up by that little encounter at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, his crew, did they just get disposed of? Or are they just, were they just incapacitated? I think that they all, um, I think that they all got into the escape capsule right before the, the no, second I, El Dorado blew up. I meant like before he got to him, because all of oh. that stuff almost seems like a blur to me. Yeah, so like when when Gene first got onto the ship, uh, he shot one guy and it grazed his leg, and the dude fell down and pretty much did the Family Guy like. <laughs> ah. um, and then uh, the other dude got shot, or he was like in an armor suit and got shot in the head. Oh yeah, and then that was. Gene funny. was like, "Where is he?" And the guy like points Pointed. with his thumb. Yeah, that was funny. But was there just two guys on the ship with him? I thought when they yeah, were in the was, restaurant, uh, it, it was, was like all crew. Yeah, I know because I remember this. It was Harry, Perry, and 
oh gosh, what was the third guy's name? Jerry, I don't know. I think it was Lou or something. It was some <laughs> like one syllable name. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> Harry, Perry, and Lou. <laughs> I could have sworn there was like a, a full crew that was with him. And I was no, like, there was I, just I two guys? Was Where's everyone else? <laughs> so uh we got we we got the McDougals and our sights. We know what they look like. Uh Harry seems to have discovered something. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know if that I don't know if that becomes his motivation, but now it's like they want revenge for the guy that wants revenge or they want revenge on the guy that now wants revenge. So now yeah. now you've you've actually got more of an actual conflict set up, which before yeah. I feel like the the show may have been drifting a little, just kind of drifting along. Where it's like Gene clearly has this past and he, he does want to find the McDougals. But um Yeah. But it was like everything else kind of just kept getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Or not even getting in the way. It was kind of like the bigger problem was we need money. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the whole reason they ended the race was they needed money. Now, and, uh, um, the elder McDougal, what was his first name? Have they said his first name yet? Uh, if they did, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, who is his voice actor? His voice sounds so friggin' familiar. Good, good freaking question. I don't know. Let me let me see if I can find out. I'll let you do that because I don't want any spoilers. Oh, good idea. Also, uh, I, I, I think maybe I could try to keep talking while I'm looking it up just because I've done this so much. It's somewhat automatic. Mm-hmm. But, um, <clears throat> I, oh, I really liked the dynamic between the brothers. I don't know. It, it's like, it feels like so oftentimes in, uh, in stories like this, it's like there's a lot of contention and violence between the brothers, like or especially if there's like an older brother who's like mentoring the younger one. Oh, this uh, this and almost villains. Yeah, it was specifically when they're villains. This kind of mm-hmm. dynamic, I think, almost exactly happened in something that we watched on this show, but I can't remember specifically. Yeah, I, I but I just really like that they're like. No, let's work together. We we can do this. Like they they're actually like brothers, not I'm going to kill you if you cross me again or if you right. fail again. Yeah, you don't get the feeling that that one of them is going to kill the other one because he has failed for the final time, which is always like okay, these guys can't be too much of a threat. Right. It always makes me when whenever we talk about just a villain who just kills off the people who are working for him, I uh-huh. always think of uh because the first time that I talked about it with somebody was when you and I watched District 13 and like <laughs> the villain in that like kept just wasting his people. And we yeah. were just like, yeah, they'd stop listening to you after that. Yeah. Like the first chance they got, they would just they'd eat it. Yeah, they would they would dethrone that king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's probably one of the silliest tropes that's become a trope where it's like, how how did he get right. this stupid? How has this been allowed to continue? Which, by the way, um, the guy that voices him is the guy that voiced the... Who was he? I guess the oil baron in Trigun, one of the earlier episodes, Cliff. He was the one with the... Uh, or not, he was an oil baron. He was a water baron, more or less. 
guy with the mustache and the pipe. Okay, uh, short I fellow. I remember that. Uh, he's. I mean, he's done some other stuff that I'm not. I'm not sure if you've seen them. I mean, he's E Honda from Street Fighter. He's like basically cemented as his like official English voice actor. <clears throat> uh, he was in Megalobox's two side characters, but uh, it was like the guy, the guy that gave that uh, freaking he he like gives pops the invitation, like helps him get the the fake yep. ID passed on that guy with the fedora. He voiced mm-hmm. him, uh, but everything else, I don't think you've seen any of these, like Hunter X Hunter. Uh, yeah, no, Jojo. Part five. No, he actually hasn't done much. I, I almost think this guy probably does more stuff in TV than voice acting because I mean he's still working to this day, but he has a, an incredibly small amount of credits. Now, his most iconic role is Raoul from Fist of the North Star because Raoul is such an iconic character. But you haven't seen mm. Fist of the North Star. I have not. <clears throat> Um, I haven't seen the dub actually. I've only seen the sub, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> I wouldn't have heard him from that. His voice sounded so familiar though, but uh, it, it sounds like he would have popped up in at least a couple of things, um, just along the way, along yeah, I'm not... my anime journey. It's, it's funny, the only voice acting he's done is in anime. Well, I mean, he's done some video games, but they're all, like, Japanese. You can tell they were done through uh, dubbing studios. <sighs> but, uh, hmm. like I said, very little. And he's been at it since 1991 and is still at it now. Like, stuff coming out and he said, two roles in 2021 as a whole. Which is odd for someone who only does uh, anime dub voices. Like, those guys, they're at work all day. Right, it it right. seems normally. So this guy's kind of the exception. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just really like the, the dynamic between those brothers. Yeah. I'm glad that they didn't follow the, the trope. Well, it, it also, I think that's a better way of making them threatening. Like, mm-hmm. it makes more sense that your antagonists, like, it's worse when they're on the same page. So that that makes it to where it's like, this is going to be a harder, harder obstacle to overcome. Right. And like, because it's like you're working against a unified force. Yeah. And that's what made them a problem to begin with was you didn't realize you're fighting two ships because those two ships were so in sync. It was like, they were able to make it seem like you were, it was coming from one side at a time. Um, yeah. Also, uh, it, it does, also do a good job of establishing how um which wow i had his name right in front of me and i didn't commit it to memory but the older brother ron yeah ron mcdougall Mm. he's uh he's the one that gene wants because he definitely would have been old enough to be there yeah so uh yeah anyway yeah i've been having a lot of fun with this and and i i I think that just there's uh, just those couple things like the um, uh, the flashbacks. I really don't think that there was anything else in these episodes that really like irked me. No, I really like these three episodes in particular. I think that's why they 
they take up so much space in my memory as me thinking they were mm-hmm. a bigger part, mm-hmm. which I'm, they are a bigger part. That's not the stories that they set up or are a part of are not over yet. The race is over, but everything kind of around the incentive for the race. It's like, as of the race, you finally go from, we have to get money to now we have to get the McDougals. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now we actually have a more, it's a less ethereal goal of, well, we just need more money. It's like, well, how much money? And we we can just kind of get it from everywhere. It's not like one final score. You know, it's like, yeah. I need this much money to pay my debts to the mafia. So I'm doing this score. It's like, that's a good, clear goal. But for up to this point, it's kind of just been, eh, eh, we're just, you know, rolling stone. Yeah, there's no algae. That's, that's what right. it's kind of felt like. And uh, now that there's actual stakes, I'm like, this is the show I remember. Because I remember yeah. the, the fun little wacky universe, but I also remember there being danger and there being an actual clear goal. Which, yeah. then again, uh, the clear goal isn't actually that clear yet. I mean, he wants closure. It's not 100% clear if Gene wants to kill this guy, but he does want answers. Like, right. I, I think if it was just a John Wick situation, he would have just blown Harry's head off. But yeah, <laughs> like, but he wants he wants more context as to what's going on. What is the ship that they're doing? Why do they want it? Why do they want Melfina? Yeah. Why Why did you attack? Why did you attack me and my father when I was right. but but a child, but a wee lad? But yeah, now you've also given the antagonists an extra goal in Melfina, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, there's something about that ship. Something yeah, it's like special. a more directed goal too. Yeah. Uh huh. So it, it's not only not only does does Gene want to get at the McDougals, but now they have. Yeah, you just you're adding more gravity, more more magnetism to these things, clashing into each other, which is good. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it needed, and now it's got it. It already had the enjoyable um, uh, uh, ensemble, which is now mm-hmm. more or less complete. I'm glad that Aisha yeah. is now a, a frequent, or I keep saying Aisha. It's Aisha in the show. Yeah, in fact, for a moment I thought that it was like her name was just Asia, but then I I heard a little bit of variance with the Aisha. So. I I think Aisha is how they say it in the sub hmm. because that's how you would if you're like okay if you're going into this knowing knowing it was written by Japanese people, then you start thinking about how they would read and pronounce it and mm-hmm. they don't ai doesn't say a right in japanese that's that's i if you're going to combine them but if it's if you're not going to combine them it's ai which is basically right. saying i just with more steps <laughs> in the dub they're calling her asia so i guess i should call her asia asia clan clan She's fun. I like her. Uh, she gets more story later on. Don't worry. She isn't just the kind of relief. I just think that like her, like the Katarl Katarl, like all of their words are like duplicates. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's it, they're adding <laughs> emphasis, Daniel. Right. Right. <laughs> it like, just makes me chuckle every time. It's like, especially when she was going through this that whole spiel where she said Katarl Katarl like maybe. 15 times yeah and then i like the part where uh jim was like 
does she know we're not Katara Kataro? Where <laughs> it's like she's describing something that we're not. We're just humans. <sighs> yeah. I liked... Uh, it's a fun show. I like this show. What I really liked was, uh, was uh, Setsuka like, saying she had no... She, what was the proverb she gave? Where it was like, lend not and owe not? Something like that? I think that that's what she said. And then she immediately gambles on them. Right. I was like, that right. was cool. I like that. And then I like how she lost, too. And it was like, eh, no big deal. <laughs> such, such a good setup and payoff for... It was a nice, fun, uh, it was fun to watch, like, when it was just, like, you know, tense things are going on, and then it cuts to her, and she's just, like, chilling on a beach, just listening to the radio. Yeah, that was great, and, and I liked uh, how that was not necessary at all to give her something to do for this story, but they gave her the best thing to do. It didn't take up any time. It had a beginning, middle, and end, and that was, like, good mm -hmm. payoff, and it even if it wasn't character growth, it's insight into her character. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's the most important thing with side characters is getting insight if you're going to have them taking up screen time. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I really like this show. And I'm yeah. glad that uh, we're to this point in it. Because I'm glad that I'm, I'm finally getting around to it. I've been wanting to watch it for so long. Here's the thing. There's so many like this. Like of of this quality that came out around this same time, not you know not to say uh, they don't make them like they used to, but uh, I don't think they make them like they used to. <laughs> I think I might be right. Yeah, yeah. The more I, I mean, watch, especially with this year in particular, with twenty, uh, I say twenty, uh, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight was, poof. 1998 is uh, uh, unfair to even bring up. So maybe, yeah, maybe I shouldn't bring it up. It's unfair. <laughs> I, I see all this stuff coming out right now. And it's like, ugh, I, uh, I don't care. All of this just looks gross. I mean, Sakagon really is like the diamond in the rough. That's the only thing yep, that's looked yep. like m moderately interesting. And what's fun to, funny is that the Gundam that's happening right now. Mm-hmm is like the sequel to the one that everyone says it's terrible. So, mm. and I'm also seeing like people online reviewing it, saying that it's still terrible. And it's like, oh, why, why not do the good Gundam? I don't freaking yeah. understand. I haven't even like been looking at what's coming out. The good only thing that I'm you. looking for forward to is Dr. Stone three. Dude, you know what people are, are watching right now? Hmm. They're watching Arcane. Is that the new uh, That's League the of League Legends of Legends thing? TV show? It's like, yeah, no thanks. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't even have to, uh, yeah, no thanks. Not, not even, not even passing interest. More like, more like passing stay away from me. I want, I want something like, I, I just, I, I want something nice. <laughs> I want some nice things. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Dude, I'm on the behind the voice actors page for Arcane, and it's like these characters, it's just gross. It's like, it looks like they were generated by an algorithm. Hmm. Everything about this is so formulaic, and like, 
definitely mostly funded by China, to say the least. Oh, I can only imagine. It's like that idea you have in your head of Chinese CG TV show that's for some licensed property. It's like, yep, correct. You got it. <clears throat> oh, God. What? What the? What is the? I, I should not look at new things that come out. I just get furious. Yeah, don't do not do that. Don't do that. I, Exist in ignorance. I have to bring this up. There's a new TV show that's mm-hmm. in some way connected to How to Train Your Dragon. Did you know about this? I, I know that there have been multiple How to Train Your Dragon TV shows. Yeah, apparently they're all really bad. But like this one, it's in modern times. Pardon? Oh yeah, this chick's got a tablet. They've Please got... send it to me. I need to see this. <laughs> I feel like you don't, but yeah, no, I, I, am I need to send be it angry. To <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's called the Nine Realms. Like the, the 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 for this for this trailer, the little cover thumbnail. This kid's got the Nazi haircut. This guy's wearing a vest with dog tags. She's got a tablet. There's this token Asian girl character, which is in everything. That same face. That's the same face as the token Asian girl from Big Hero 6. There's a trailer? Yeah. I'm not watching it. I, I can only get so mad. Oh, I'm, I'm at... Oh, gosh. The animation looks like garbage <laughs> dude every after show after 1300 years the oh. world has changed and the first scene you is wish. like they're using a drone i freaking wish the world had changed <laughs> then a this wouldn't exist begins. there's no such thing there's no such thing as a new i'm gonna go crazy okay i i hate everything about this i, I i've now i was happy I am viscerally upset. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go eat my sorrows. Oh, 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 oh man. Kid yeah. Is falling off a cliff and then he's picked up by, uh, by <laughs> like, a toothless kid. They're like, ooh, are they going to kill off one of these zoomers? Oh, my gosh. The animation looks so stiff. You know what's crazy is uh, the the DreamWorks TV shows, they have not gotten any better since the Penguin show. That's like where they stayed. Wait, was that even true? There's aspects that have changed because like the, and yes, it is DreamWorks. Okay. Um, The, like the hair looks better than Penguin's hair. I mean, hair from the Penguin's show. But everything else looks exactly the same. So it's like you can tell that they've updated the applications that they are using, but they did not change any tactics. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Oh, wow. Uh, So I didn't realize this. But uh, so Jojo Part 5 is going on right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the main villain is being voiced by Yang Ya. I, I don't I don't know who that is, uh, at least by name. He's a YouTube commentator who I can't stand, but he's got a great voice. So. Oh. Well, that's cool. I yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, great for a villain for me. It's like, shut up. 
No one cares. No, no one cares about <laughs> your microtransactions. Please talk about anything else. Is that one Stone Ocean? Is that part five? Yeah. Is that the uh, the where she's in the jail or something like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind I, of. I saw it. I saw it uh, advertised on um, Netflix. I almost kind of want to. Uh... Mm. No, I shouldn't. I've been getting anything. more. I've I've been getting more and more interested in JoJo. I think that I'm going to pick it back up. Have you watched part two yet? So I've watched all the way through um, to where the stands are introduced. Okay, so you saw all of part two. You now, yeah. So I, I started part three. part three. Yeah, it's quite jarring. It's it's a yeah, very it, different world after that point. Yeah, for the longest time, I was stuck right in the middle of the Wamu fight. For some reason, in part two, I just I I, I stopped in the middle of the Wamu fight and then did not continue for whatever fight. reason. I think I think there's something to be said for uh, being oversatisfied because hmm. I, I think I, I, that's not the first I've heard about that. It's like the Wamu fight is so freaking good that people are like, I'm I'm good. I, I got it. <laughs> I have all of Jojo now. Yeah. Anyway, we're probably done here. We can probably yeah. wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, Outlaw Star is good. It's fun. It's uh, it's a nice it's a nice trip into a into a mystical science fiction world. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say this earlier. I think everyone but Jim now has a a like a fully realized character and potential character arc. Mm-hmm. Just because, like Melfina on her own, trying to find out who she is, like she she's asking Gilliam to find some leads for her i was like Mm -hmm. that was a good part that she now has agency in her own story yep she's now got she she herself is invested she also wants actively searching yeah it's good jobs are good it's a good uh killing people's bad yeah go beyond plus ultra Uh, i need to find out